Welcome to Consciously Uncurated. I'm Leslie. And I'm Michelle. And we are excited to invite you into our beautiful, messy lives. This will be a space to talk about the real stuff. Think of it as rent a best friend, and we can be here for when you need us, and we will talk, share, and laugh together. We hope this podcast can be a place to give women permission to be human, to feel, and to lean in. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Les. It's been a little time. Here we are. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. I was thinking that we would actually start from the beginning. I know that we've talked about this before. I wanted to make sure that we are telling a story. Our story. Our story. And so when we go back, um, Michelle and I were brainstorming about some of the things that we could talk about. We just need to talk about the story, why we're here. Mm -hmm. We titled this episode At the Edge, which is really why we're here, because we're in a season in our lives right now where we're at the edge and looking down, there is really nothing. Nothing, nothing. Feeling at the edge. Now, we're kind of in different places, but also at the same place in terms of I've been feeling this way for the last seven and a half years, pretty Mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Really in depth of that, I would say the last four years have really been that struggle for me. Mm-hmm. And for you, is really new for me. I recently resigned from my job. I've been a teacher for almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. Of course, I left a little bit in there to have some babies. I did some teaching overseas in France for a little bit. And so here I am now starting a new school season and not actually being engaged in that. I didn't go back to teaching this fall, was really feeling called to not go back, but wasn't really given a place to jump into. I, I wasn't, there was, there's no foresight as to what I'm supposed to be doing next, but I knew it wasn't that. And so here I am. I think what we had decided was in order to keep our heads in the game, we're going to do something. I think this was the scariest thing. And you can probably talk a little bit more to this. After eight years or four (laughs) years of where you've been, it's really easy to get stuck. Essentially, honestly, I've turned into a hermit. I've kept myself in this little bubble, even though I am very eager to take a step somewhere. Mm -hmm. I just don't know where that is. Mm -hmm. My situation was from a divorce, a marriage that went the wrong way without any knowledge to me before it happened, before it ended. So for me, it took it took me out at the knees. So of course, the emotional stuff that's attached to that, once I got through the survival of sort of just surviving for trying to live every day for me and my kids after a 23-year partnership with someone, mm-hmm. so basically most of my adult life yeah. with one person, and then cut off at the knees, surviving, and then, okay, now what? But the feeling of survival is actually a purpose. It gave me purpose every day to know that I have to survive the day for my kids. Right. So once I knew my kids were okay, a few years later, boom, there was just me. Yeah. Just me. And so that feeling of uncertainty is paralyzing. I don't think it's a dark cloud. A friend of mine a long time ago told me to draw a picture of what I'm feeling. And so in the moment, I remember drawing me standing at the end of this cliff, right? Which, you know, at the edge, literally. 
normally when you when you're probably on a mountaintop, you're looking out and you're seeing these beautiful mountains, trees, clouds, birds. And you see peaceful. peaceful, lovely. Sure. And so when I was drawing this, I literally had nothing to draw. There was no sight of what my next step would be. I couldn't even see. Did it look black? Did it look empty? Was it foggy? It looked white. It There was nothing. It's like looking at a blank piece of paper. Yeah. Blank. And that is how I feel, if I can give it a visual, every single day. I'm alive. I'm on top of this mountain. I can, I'm here. I'm living. But looking out, nothingness. And I know there are many people out there that are probably in the same place as you are. They've come, whether it's they've come out of divorce, they are living for their kids. You're in a job right now that has golden handcuffs. It's certain it has a paycheck, but you're miserable. You're unhappy. Yeah. And you wake up every day going. Or leaving a job after 20, how many years? That that was actually a dream job. Actually, it was (laughs) my dream job. Yeah. That was really feeling God pushing me mm-hmm. out of that place. Mm-hmm. There were lots of signs, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I just think that what do you do when you are in this place? And I think this comes from being in our midlife right now too, right? And so yeah. I think that... I I never imagined I would be at this point I, where I am right now at 52 years sure. with nothing. I know. Never. And it wasn't the case 50 years ago for our parents right when they they had their map was laid out for them yeah. you graduated high school got married, got married had kids. Babies, stayed yeah. in the same job lived yeah. in the same house it was all like that it's not in the same context but and then having that feeling of nothingness when you are a strong woman a smart woman right some a go-getter or you know someone who has passions in the past then all of a sudden you're at that nothingness You feel as though you're lazy, you're not smart anymore, Mm -hmm. you have no oomph, no motivation, nothing, which is another layer of feeling that lost sense of, why am I here? Why am I here? Yeah. What am I doing anyway? Yeah. And so I just wonder what are the next steps? And so really for Mm -hmm. Michelle and I, we decided in this place of uncertainty that we weren't going to let the uncertainty stop us from taking next steps, Yeah, taking just a step to do something new, learn how to navigate podcast software, (laughs) buy microphones, you know, all of this new stuff that's challenging our brains and giving us something to do and and talk about. talk about and having everyone has issues, everyone has problems, everyone has struggles. Mm-hmm. And to be able to share that with another person, let me just say, it's so you take it out of your head, right? For me, is therapy. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, we would have conversations on your sofa. Yeah. Constantly. Just conversations about our lives, our truths, our pains, our struggles. Now taking it to this level, whether anybody listens or not, I think for us, this is our purpose to... I think it's just the next step. Next I don't actually right. know what... Whatever well, the end is. Whatever this is, because at least we're doing something. We're talking, we're engaging, we're yeah. learning, we're yeah. discussing, we're exploring ideas. We're- and I'm normally a planner, Yeah. right? 
And so if I don't have a end result, like an end purpose, like what's the end, what's happening at the end, you know, where am I going? I'm like, "Ah, I'm out. But so this is a huge challenge for me, just being able to let that go and step. Right. Because there's no paycheck for this. (laughs) There's no outcome. There's no... No. But it's okay. Celebrity. There's no, nothing. nothing that yeah. comes along with doing this. No. And so it. Yeah. And with the fact that we are constantly being drawn back to it. Yeah. We have tried starting this from when? Before summer. Yeah. A few months along. Yeah. yeah right. And um, talked about it for years. Talked about it for a very long time. Here we are. So here we are. We're doing it. We're doing something. We are. What I want to explore a little bit is that being caught in the emptiness that you are seeing over the edge. And I want to know is Mm. fear. Mm. Women, Mm -hmm. every woman fears something. Yes. And so every, what is it that, how do we get over our fear? What are the things? What can we end with today in this episode where we're challenging everyone listening to when you are (laughs) Sitting in fear and uncertainty. Yeah. Everybody knows this, that little bit of uncertainty, there is always going to be some fear that comes along with that. Right. That's a hard question. And I have repeated doing this over and over and over again. The worst thing you can do is stop. That's the worst thing you can do. I have, like I said, over the last seven and a half, eight years, had I the idea or had the feeling of going forward and stepping and then you know, that that fear comes along and clouds everything, makes everything white, can't see. I have the choice then at that moment to decide if I'm going to sit in that or lean into it or turtle myself into that little bubble again. Right. And I think that there were for you probably many other things. So please let me know, but there are two (laughs) things that you didn't stop doing, even mm-hmm. though I think if I were to ask you this, you would be like, I did nothing. I was paralyzed. I was paralyzed. Yeah. But I know that you every day, mm-hmm. or at least many times throughout the week, were challenging yourself to write. I, yes. And stay connected with people. So the writing, I was looking back over a lot of my writing the last few days, pages and pages and pages and pages. And some of it making absolutely no sense. But when I look back, again, that gives me a sense of purpose. Yes. And then the second part of that is trying to stay connected. Wasn't easy, but I had people like you, for example, that kept pulling me out. What if you don't have that? This has been a great (laughs) challenge that we have implored women to go and do is find a community, find a friend, a neighbor, Mm -hmm. pray for that person that will keep you connected. And there's nothing worse than that feeling of not having that person or community. Yeah. So again, this something is, I think for me, my community with you, and then with the possibility of maybe there's community out there as well that needs to hear this or feel like, okay, wait a second, I don't need to be alone here. I can be vulnerable with another woman, with my friends, with a boyfriend, a husband, a whoever it may be, and just talk. Yeah. And sometimes that's a good friend or a neighbor. It can be a therapist. Totally. Yes. <laughs> and I would actually encourage everyone to get a mentor, mm-hmm. right? Like be a mentor, get a mentor. Yeah. And, and I you, know that I can speak to that. Everybody has something to share. 
And sometimes it's just your presence. Right. And so being a mentee or being a mentor is a really great thing. And there's that's free. Yeah. That's free. Put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Send a text to a younger girl in your neighborhood and just take her for a walk every now and again. Yeah. And just Just reach out. Reach out. Yeah. Or do you have an older, Mm. you know, just couple years older than you, a lady in your life that you can just say, hey, can you do walks with me every two weeks? Yeah. But I think, again, if you're going back to that fear part, Mm -hmm. I know me as a, I was a very private person, right? And not wanting to share myself, those pains with another person um, was something that I was from little, being from when I was a little kid, Mm -hmm. right? It just, you just don't do that. If I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and lucky enough to have someone who is willing to do it with me. Everybody can find that person. Yeah. Everybody can find that person. And if you can't find it, then be it. Because that in itself, again, I find this with my own mentees mm-hmm. is that I come away from those walks or those coffee dates as filled up and as mm-hmm. inspired from those young ladies yeah. as I do from my own mentor. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. if you can't find it, be it. Yeah. And that's so really maybe good. that's something. And so that brings us now to, you know, we, this waiting place. Mm-hmm. Right. And so without sounding like Dr. Zeus story, <laughs> you know, there, there is that waiting place that can be scary and trusting the timing of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said something, you know, you've talked to me about before is just that this whole idea of being busy. And just like filling your time. Yeah, being busy just just to be busy. Monotonous, minutia. Unfulfilling, busy. Yeah, which I I think our world does. I think our world is just like, it's a status symbol to be like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so so busy. busy. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. You know, and sometimes I dream of that. Oh, I wish I was just so busy. I know, but you even said this at the beginning of this episode too, that when we're not busy, it's like we're lazy. We are, yeah. You feel like you're, yeah not succeeding you feel like you're lazy does anyone know that person Mm -hmm. who we see who is living a successful life but they have a calmness to them yeah they have a balance Mm -hmm. they have this idea of rest that they are not busy people yet i i'm picturing this person this friend of mine that i have in my head right now who is the calmest most welcoming, warm person I know. Yes. And just likable, calm, not ever, ever. You never feel busy or stressed. She has this calming presence and she lives her life like that. Wow. She has a job and is a mom and a wife and travels and so is busy, but not fulfilled with. There's no chaos. Right. And maybe she probably would say differently. We'll have her on. Yeah, guess, yeah, that would be but... interesting to find the other side <laughs> of perspective, of per- you know, perception. Sorry, yeah. And she, how do we be those living? Right. Because yeah. her presence is a gift to me. Oh, see, that's to lovely. be in, in the, that calm of her, how yeah. she walks out her life. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely to hear that. So I feel blessed to have her. Yeah. I'd love to be that for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm trying to do that in the season of my life right. because I do have a quiet right now. This is a season of rest for me. Absolutely. And still a quiet that I am leaning into. I'm trying to lean into. Which is wonderful. 
and scary. But I'm in the beginning of it. Yeah. So now you, <laughs> on the end of it, you're like, okay, it's been I'm done. I'm all done. I'm good. With the quiet. I'm ready so to let's, rest. Uh-huh. let's get this party started. Yeah. That I can at, just try. So I know deep down I'm not lazy. I know I'm, you know, competent, but I'm also, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. You know those truths. (laughs) I know those truths too. I'm not lazy. I think I am highly employable. I think I have knowledge to share. However, what is it? In what? I don't know. And it's hard to not think you're an imposter. Well, yeah. Even doing this right now, it's like I'm having full imposter syndrome. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, Michelle? Yeah. Right? And this is these are my actual truths. And even then I question it. Yeah. Again, I think for me being in it for so long, it's like, is this how it is? Is this actually, I went through all of that just to be here, that there has to be more, but maybe not. So all of those kind of questions come into my brain. And now what do you do? Because your children are almost. Okay. That's the whole other thing. Fully launched. Yeah. There will be a point here very, very soon where you don't have any your kids are not getting you out of bed nope and that's already part of my challenge right now and it's going to just get worse you know I I don't want them to feel that either because my kids don't know this right they don't know how I'm really feeling deep down inside that I can't get out of my bed today but I have to because my kids are right around or my young adults so that's going to really end soon they're still with me and soon they will be moving on living lives. And yeah, that's a very paralyzing, that word again, situation that's coming up mm-hmm. that I'm trying to prepare for. Mm-hmm. And it's hard when I've had no answers yet Yes, up until this point. So I want to talk a little bit about, and I don't think that we've unpacked this very much, but just the faith mm-hmm. component mm-hmm. of this. Okay. Yeah. So for me as a believer, I completely trust God and I have had 50 years of God demonstrating his sovereignty to me. Mm-hmm. And so I am without a shadow of a doubt, fully trusting God that he's going to work all this out for good. And the timing though, eight years, I think on earth, on the other side of heaven, kind of yeah. exist, but here on earth, eight years is a really long time. Right. I have said this to you before. <laughs> Moses never made it to the promised land. Yeah. The Israelites wandered the desert Mm. for generations in the scheme of biblical time. (laughs) Eight years is short, but as a human being, it's it's so, so long. And not having any inkling of better or change or challenge, but in a good way. I'm afraid to even ask for miracles now because it's been so long. The idea of the miracle is, uh, I mean, I don't know. That, that's it. So now my my own faith is constantly being challenged, which is terrible. No. But it is it is truth. That's truth. my truth. God can handle yeah. your anger, your questioning, your frustration. Right. You can handle those things. And I don't want a free ride. That's the thing. I don't want the free ride. I don't want like, oh, here, here's a million dollars dropped in your pocket. And let's talk finances. Yeah, gosh. If you're, please do. <laughs> because I think it's important for listeners to understand that we are not these middle class women that you don't have a husband. No. Nope. Your job does pays barely enough to make the bills. 
do we, you're sitting yeah. in a place of literally not sure if you're going to eat, going to have groceries, groceries or if your electricity is going to get shut off. Yeah. That's so can right we now. just, I just want to, I think it's important. Go for it. Ask me and I'll so deliver. <laughs> when you're trusting, yeah, you're literally trusting manna from heaven, food on the table, absolutely heat now that we're going into winter. Yes. Your mortgage payments. Yeah. The roof over your head. The roof. Yeah. Things that are falling apart in my house in a lovely area, let me say. So on the outside, looks great. Wow, you're so lucky. Everyone <laughs> thinks Michelle is living the dream. Living the full dream, not not working. And there's reason behind that. The perfect picture on the outside, but on the inside, it's terrifying. I truly, at 52 years old, again, never thought I would be in this position of absolute poverty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not having any indication as how I can change that. Because I am willing but from circumstances and situations preventing me in doing so, it's like I'm under the iron fist with no direction. And I can't imagine I am the only one going through this. There are many, 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 many women, single mothers, Mary. I mean, there's... Yeah. And you can be living in the beautiful house and have a perfectly paying job and mm-hmm. still be feeling these things. Absolutely. Just the getting up and having kids and being the rock for everybody else yeah. is a big weight to carry. Yeah. I think for women. And so again, the main things that we talked about today are what are your, you know, how as women do we find the thing that's going to keep us going in the fear, in the discomfort or in the blah of life? Mm -hmm. What are the things that we need to do? And I hope that the takeaway here is the do the thing, do the thing as stupid as it sounds, as stupid as we felt Mm -hmm. just getting here. Yeah. Oh, we're going to do a podcast. (laughs) I can't actually emphasize how ridiculous (laughs) it feels to say that to people. I know. Well, we're doing a podcast. Like it's so trendy for us. It was the something, something, the only thing we have going for us in this moment. Yeah. We continue to meet with our Bible babes. Our yeah. ladies, our friends, yes. So our three things were our writing. I did the same thing, never stopping to write, just getting, getting it down it on out. paper, yeah. writing, 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 mm-hmm. writing, reading, reading, reading for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I am absolutely in a complete frenzy, I can't sleep. I need to write. Mm-hmm. When I am bored and when I am scared, mm-hmm. I need to read. And it takes my brain into somebody else's story, which is what I need, and staying connected mm-hmm. to my people. And then the next thing would be find one small thing to do, be a mentor, be a mentee, start a podcast, record your voice, learn something new, learn guitar, do one new something different and new and scary, maybe play piano, go back to your piano that's been sitting in your living room for like the last 10 years. And even if those things are way too big, because I'm going to tell you the truth right now, Okay, a lot of those things for me are too big. Even the smallest thing is putting my flip-flops on and going out in my backyard and sitting under the sunshine. That's fair. Period. Small. One small thing. Yeah. Walk around the block. Around the block. Even if I can't do that, I'm going to step out to the front of my lawn, look up and down the street, take a deep breath and go back in my head. That is actually one small thing. It can be whatever you can handle, but do it. Thanks everyone for listening. We are so honored that you chose us today to spend the last few minutes of your day with. So um, we wish you well and we will talk talk to you you soon. soon. Till next time.
Thanks for making time to be with us. This was Life Consciously Uncurated. We hope that our stories give you the permission to live a life that you want to live just as you are. Until next time.